Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're about to hear an episode from The Imaginable Workplace a podcast from Haraya Coaching and Puma Podcast that explains our relationship with work and how we can make our workplaces better for everyone. If you like it, share it with a friend who needs a little inspiration at work, and don't forget to follow The Imaginable Workplace on your podcast app for more. Welcome to The Imaginable Workplace, where we explore how to make work better. I'm Carl Javier, CEO of Puma Podcast, an award-winning podcast production company that aims to spread the joy, power, and value there is in listening. And I'm Jen Horn, a certified transformational coach and culture practice lead at Haraya Coaching. Rooted in wholeness, Haraya supports individuals and teams by creating safe spaces for transformation. Happy Pride Month, Carl! Happy Pride Month, Jen! To celebrate this occasion and to help our listeners better support their LGBTQIA colleagues at the office, today we'll talk about cultivating diversity in the workplace. And when we talk about diversity, this isn't just about a range of sexual orientations or gender identities. Kasama niya rin dito ang differences in age, religion, socioeconomic class, or ability. Okay, so let's start the episode by hearing from the head of a company that's trying its best to create a culture of diversity. Hello, I'm Yanni Hornilia. I am the country manager of Canva Philippines. We have a designer in Canva Philippines who has always been an advocate of accessibility for PWDs or people, persons with disabilities. She joins Canva and then she lang yon. So it was a time when we were building some of our floors in the office. And she comes to us with the plan saying, so we have an event space na may stage. Um, imagine a person in a wheelchair needing to go on stage. How will you do it? And then we look at the stage and we're like, oh, oh yeah, like this is not a PWD safe or friendly stage. So now we have ramps going to our stage. Their hindrance is not their disability, but it's the man-made world. Um, that is not friendly to their um, disability. So doing those things. And then probably... So that's Yanni Hornilia Donato. She's the country manager of Canva Philippines. And she joined the team in 2015 as its first recruiter in Manila. And she helped grow the Philippine team from 35 members to its first 100. Now, she oversees a team of over 700 people and is focused on growing their user base in the country. And we're pretty sure you're familiar with Canva. It's an online visual communications platform, a design and publishing tool that practically anyone can use. And what it does essentially is it gives people confidence, no matter how young or how senior they are, to get on the platform and create designs. Our mission is to empower the world to design. 
And that means basically everyone, not just a selected few. Everyone, not just a selected few. We asked Yanni to share how they strive to make different kinds of people feel welcome in their workplace. I think from the very beginning, even when I joined the company seven years ago, malinaw talaga yung um, values and intention ni Canva. It's always been to do good. Melanie Perkins, our CEO, when she was building a company, she had a two-step plan. She says, um, step one is to create the most valuable company in the world. And step two is to do the most good we possibly can. So ngayon, behind everything that we do, it's anchored on the two-step plan of Mel. And in terms of diversity, we start with our team. So it's really important to us that we consciously build a diverse team. Equally important is making that diverse team feel really included. So what does this look like? It looks like a lot of surveys, a lot of talking, and a lot of listening more than anything. Madale to think about it in a way that you look outside, right? You look externally. Ano bang best practices? How do other companies do it? And it's correct to do that. It's always correct to have an external reference. But what I found was really important was to also look within. You already look at what's inside your team and what's their feedback. How can you make them feel like they belong? So we do this through um, regular pulse surveys, team surveys. There's also some avenues for them to create or give anonymous feedback because we acknowledge that. One of the ways that Canva Philippines listens to its employees is through their fix-it form. It provides a safe, anonymous space for anyone to point out problems in the office that they see need fixing. There's only one condition when you're going to write. So you're going to identify the problem and then you will recommend the solution. So we're also trying to you know, create that sense of ownership, make people try to think, all right, like if so if we had the capacity to solve it, what would you do? And then the key really is when you give surveys or these anonymous forms, it doesn't stop at giving them a safe space to say what they want or need to say, but actually actioning them really quickly too. So that's really important. Having a bias. Having mechanisms so that team members can give feedback and taking action on this feedback. That sounds practical and doable for existing Canva employees. But what about in the hiring process? How does diversity fit into that? Any person who's part of their job is to recruit someone in Canva goes through a hiring essentials training. So yung hiring essentials training equips people to ask um, inclusive questions, also really emphasizes how Canva hires. We've really tried to um, veer away from um, looking at what school you came from, what company you came from. Some roles, to be fair, they do need some sort of educational team, lawyers, yung mga ganon. But, you know, we have designers who didn't finish, and it's fine. Because what we try to look at when we're hiring is skills. What's your skills, and are you aligned with the values that Canva? Our recruitment team has enlisted the help of this app. It's called Textio, which essentially, pwede ka mag-load ng job ad. It will let you know how to make it more inclusive, so you can also attract more candidates. Because usually, for example... Um, in startup world, diba? people would use the words like rock stars or guru or superstars. And these words can feel... The intention is always good, I believe, especially when people write. But how that comes across, that can be isolating to others. So helping us word our job description so that it attracts more talent to Canva. 
Eh, paano kung na-hire ka na? Yanni says each new employee goes through an onboarding boot camp. There, they have a dedicated session for diversity and inclusion. So from the very beginning, we try to establish it through our onboarding boot camps. Na, hey, this is what we stand for. So having zero zero tolerance on harassment, bullying, discrimination, making that very clear from the very beginning. And that diversity and inclusion session is really special because first, it's um, a safe space. So hindi siya recorded. And then you are asked questions. The questions hindi mandatory only if you want to share. If wala ka masashare, makinig ka lang. Questions like, can you walk alone at night in the streets feeling safe? So it's questions that prompt realizations and awareness. And sasagot yung mga tayo. Usually, let's say, women or members of the gay community would say no. So it's creating these safe spaces to have dialogue. It's a good step to understand and then establishing at the end of that session that uh, you're all here. We have the same values. We're subscribed to the same code of ethics. So it creates conditions for you to understand, to listen, but also to act accordingly. So at least at the very beginning, tinatanggal na agad, oh, ganito ha, pag miginawa nyo to, zero tolerance to. Discrimination, harassment, bullying, wala yan. It's not meant to just drive fear. We also say in that space na as much as possible when Two people or when groups um, don't see eye to eye, you know, one of our values is be a good human. Pero tinatanong ko lang, ano ba ibig sabihin ng be a good human in Canvas context? Because it can mean so many different things. What it does not mean is it does not mean we don't have conflicts. It does not mean it's a perfectly utopian world. What it does mean is that we encourage having open, honest, and constructive conversations with one another and getting through hard stuff together through respectful conversations and dialogue. Those were some really great examples of how diversity can be promoted in the workplace, no, Carl? Yeah, and you can see how committed they are to this. Yeah, you know, I'd love to see more workplaces really creating spaces for differences to not just be tolerated, but also welcomed. So, you know, working through our differences in productive ways versus ignoring or worse, prohibiting diversity can really help make room for, you know, greater learning, creativity, and growth in the organization. So we've seen how diversity can look in practice. Now, let's explore the concept further with the help of our guest. I'm Elijah Corpus, and I'm a management consultant. Currently, I manage my own firm, very creatively called Elijah Corpus Consulting. And yeah, we specialize in helping individuals, organizations, and teams to define what impact they'd like to create and how they can make steps towards that. So my journey in diversity and inclusion, I would say it really started when I was abroad. I worked in Microsoft in their global learning and development team, and I lived in Seattle, Washington for a while. It was a time when the CEO was new and culture, diversity, and inclusion, these were some of the topics that he really pushed forward. I was the only Filipino in my team. I started my career there 22, 23, so very early 20s in a team of people who were in their early 30s or even older, more experienced. And what I found was I never felt like people looked down on me because I wasn't American or because I was young. My team and my leaders 
they really found a way to help me feel like I belong and I can contribute and I'm welcome. So siguro personally, that's where I found na this is super important because you cannot perform well if you don't feel like people value you for who you are. What you want are teammates and leaders who acknowledge that wherever you're from, you have an inherent like set of strengths and skills that you bring to the table. That was a wonderful story. I can't even begin to imagine what it must feel like to be in Elijah's shoes at that point in time. Sometimes you just really get lucky to work with good people and at a company where the leadership has your back. So what does diversity mean? Diversity, you can think about it as a mix of differences in terms of gender, ethnicity, abilities, sexual orientation, age, weight, etc. So it's all of these different dimensions coming into play. But I think when it comes to the workplace, it goes beyond just differences because the aim that you want to happen is that your workplace will reflect the wider population. And then I think the other facet of that is in the workplace, diversity cannot be separated from inclusion. We actually write it as diversity and using the ampersand symbol and inclusion. And that signifies that one cannot exist without the other. Diversity is the differences, but inclusion is how you want it to play out where you have people who feel like they are included and are part of something in that organization. So that's the D and the I. Diversity and inclusion. Pero minsan, sinasama rin yung E sa gitna for equity. What does that mean? Okay, so to do that, we have to define equity and equality because I think that's usually, those are the terms that people get confused with. You can think about equality first as just giving people the same thing. And so it doesn't matter if they need more or less. There's that very popular visual of there are three people watching a game playing out in the field and there's a wooden fence covering them. In a situation where equality exists, what happens is maybe you give all of them a stool and the stool is of the same height. The problem is though, what if the people are not the same height? What happens is the tall person, pag nakataas sila dun sa stool, kita na nila yung game. But the short person, kahit magtaas siya dun sa stool, hindi niya makikita yung game on the field, right? So that's equality. Equity, on the other hand, is about considering the unique needs of the individuals and giving them support based on that need. In that same scenario, you would give the short person maybe another stool so that they can hop on that and really see the game as well. But what we want to do, especially in organizations, is to address the systemic issues that are happening. And so if you think about what's the systemic issue there, maybe what's wrong is not that people do not have stools. Maybe what's wrong is 
bakit may wooden fence? Bakit hindi nila makita yung game? And so what you want to do is take out that fence and wala nang fence at all or maybe what you can use are those fences with it's just wires so that there are holes so people can still see. How that plays out in diversity and inclusion is in companies you want to be able to not just give people what's equal you want to really target the specific needs of the different populations in your company and also because you do have the power to change systems in your organization you want to take out those barriers that's kind of how you can think about de and i in a company Yeah, I really love how that example illustrates the idea behind DEI. I agree. Elijah talks about changing systems. So what are some of the policies she likes to recommend to clients who are trying to make their workplaces more diverse? Hint, hint, we go beyond workshops. I like to think of it as like the A to E of DNI. A is just about aligning it with your culture. What we want is for you to be able to show that diversity and inclusion is part of your identity. It's not just an event. It's not just something that you do during Pride Month or Women's Month. You can do that by looking at like what is our mission? How can we align diversity and inclusion in that idea so people can see the connection? And then B is to build leadership, diversity, and inclusion competence. I think a lot of leaders, especially the ones who are higher up, they did not grow up with diversity and inclusion as something that people talk about casually. And so helping them to gain the knowledge around it so they have the words, they have the concepts to talk about it, that's very important. And then Beyond that, I think it's also important for leaders to acknowledge that they need to model inclusive behaviors. If the leaders don't do it, it'll be very hard to expect your employees to believe that change can happen. Hindi pwede yung usually nakikita natin, di ba, na let's say there's a workshop on diversity and inclusion. The usual model is the vice president will come in, do the opening remarks, welcome everyone, and then leave. People have to see that after you do the opening remarks, sit down there, listen to the session, do the activities, play the games, and talk to the people there. So that's B. And then C is about connect the DNI initiatives with performance outcomes. You can do this by looking into research on how diversity and inclusion has helped companies. Nowadays, it's not hard to do that. There are so many big consulting firms that have done that research. For example, this is from a McKinsey report. What they did is they got a survey from 15 countries and more than 1,000 big corporations. What they found was the companies that are in the top quartile in terms of diversity and inclusion, they are 25% more likely to have above average profitability. Another part of the research was that they were able to show in companies where 30% of your executive teams are women, 
they are actually more likely to outperform other companies where the percentage of women in their executive teams is less than 30%. Another piece of connecting it with performance is beyond the organizational profit level, it's also the individual performance. For example, tinatanong mo ba yung mga tao? Like, how have you demonstrated inclusion in the past year? Do you set that expectation that they need to behave in that way when they interact with their colleagues? So that's the C. And then D is data is life. I think one of the misconceptions in diversity and inclusion is it's all fluff. People might think, oh, it's just when we feel like everyone's nice or I feel happy here, everyone's kind. That's great, but go beyond that because we need to show the data. One of the things you can do is look at employee morale surveys or climate surveys. And so look at that and you'll be able to see the change year over year if you implement DNI initiatives. Another thing you can look at would be leadership scores. That's very important because you can see that for the leaders who are inclusive, maybe if they get higher scores in these leadership surveys, it'll be a good proof for other leaders to follow along. And then another metric that might be interesting is customer satisfaction. If it follows that a company that looks like the wider population is able to address their needs better, then you should see that the more inclusive your company gets, the higher your customer satisfaction scores should get as well. So that's D. And then E, the very last one is engage and encourage through storytelling. Storytelling, we always say, is one of the best tools that you can use when you want to transform culture. You, you probably know this because you're a podcast, but storytelling is so embedded in every human that no matter how many workshops you do, stories are still more important because that's how you change people's hearts. That's how you change their minds. And so what you can do is once you've been able to define what inclusion means in your company, find stories to demonstrate that. Really highlight people if they've done something. Show that story so you can reinforce it and send a message to the rest of your organization that this behavior is important. That's why we're recognizing this person and telling their story. So what resonated with me as a CEO is what Elijah said about how leaders should model inclusive behavior. Hindi ka tagabigay lang ng opening remarks sa event about diversity. But you're actually sitting in the audience and learning from the speaker. Yeah, Carl. So, you know, really seeing leaders value these workshops really tells employees no, just how important DEI is to the company. Ako naman, gusto ko yung sinabi ni Elijah na stories change hearts and minds. Yun din naman yung ginagawa natin to drive the points we and our experts are making in this podcast, di ba, Carl? It's just so much easier to latch on to an anecdote or a story as opposed to something that's just theoretical. Well, to your point, Jen, I think it's time for a few more stories about diversity in practice. Smooth segue, Carl. I asked Yanni Hornilia Donato, again, she's the country manager of Canva Philippines, about how Canva is one of the few tech startups that's led by a woman. 
It's a business that runs well while reflecting honest-to-goodness values. Like we've seen its CEO and co-founder Melanie Perkins doing philanthropic work on top of the Canva work. How does having a diverse founding team affect company culture? Especially given how a lot of founding teams usually start with, well, let's face it, it, they usually start with a bunch of bros. Before Canva, they used to travel, travel the world. They would really immerse themselves in experiences. A story stands out to me. Uh, Mel shared this to the team before where one time she was um, with Cliff, our co-founder, in a trip to India. They were backpacking across India. And then they met a man um, outside the store. So he was parang a vendor, siguro selling something. And then as they got to know this man, dun, dun ng realization came Mel na the world is some really unfair in a sense that no matter how this man works 20 hours a day and he only earns this much. And even if he adds more hours so that no matter how hard he works, it seems like he's only able to really own this much. And she knows that she was in a place now, coming from a more privileged place. I, I can work, let's say, what, five, six hours and I can earn way more. And through these travels, and dami ginawang ganito, really gave her that realization, di ba na? Okay, like we are coming from a place of privilege and let's do something about it. So that's the difference, I think. It's more them as people have really immersed themselves and have really chosen to go down a path of like, we'll make this big, then we'll do something good with it. So accumulation of wealth has never been the goal. It's actually accumulate and then share it. Who we are is really an accumulation of our experiences, no? And immersing ourselves in a variety of situations, really getting out there in the world, meeting different people, our openness to the other. Lahat yan nakakatulong sa pagtingin natin at sa pag-accommodate natin ng diversity, whether it's in the workplace or our lives in general. But more than hearing the stories from a leader, let's hear from two Canvanauts about how they actually see DEI being practiced at work. Hi, I'm Macy, and I'm the marketing lead for Canva in the Philippines. There was um, a customer feedback. So somebody, an organization, non-profit organization, was using Canva for their promotional materials. And they noticed that some of the language for the keywords are not necessarily the widely accepted language. We understand that this might be the initial thing that people would search for, because that is still associated with, for example, persons with disabilities or other sectors of the community. And they mentioned that, like, would we be open to changing some of the words or at least like adding the widely recognized ones? So we actually did that. Beyond that, we took it to the next level by having them lead a learning opportunity, like a workshop with the rest of the team. Hi, I'm Angelo. I am the design specialty lead in the Canva Philippines office. Our pride content, in not just in templates, but also in the photos, videos, um, illustrations, have really gone a long way since you know, a few years ago. We really made it a point to really grow that area of our content. And, uh, a big part of that is the consciousness of our team to, to want to do these things as well. As simple as Zoom backgrounds that tell you the person's name, but also their pronouns. So like, we know that this is a thing that has become more widely recognized as something that is important to, to apply to your day-to-day conversations and things like that. And it's as simple as like, okay, you don't necessarily need to ask because that information is generally offered. The people already know 
how you can be addressed internally. And di ba, Carl, when we were talking to Elijah, ang sinabi niyang kaibahan ngayon when it comes to talking about diversity is that before, yung focus ng mga companies' efforts were really more on scene differences. For example, skin color or ethnicity, right? But that's evolved since then. Now, hidden differences like neurodivergence, mental health are taken into account as well. Right. And as opposed to the initially Western point of view on diversity, now the perspectives are more localized. In the Philippines, for example, the differences that apply to us are religion and socioeconomic status. Many Filipino families are impoverished. And at the height of the pandemic, we saw this even more when people had to work from home. And not everyone was ready for that. Just think about the families with many kids. They had to study from home while the parents were working in the same space as well. Sabay-sabay sa bandwidth. At buti kang afford nila bumili ng maraming device. Exactly, diba? Which is why I love this vibe and thrive allowance that they put in place in Canva. Yanni talks about that here. Every person is different and they have different needs. So while we say there's a learning allowance available for everybody, that might not necessarily be a need of a certain person. So we've created this um, allowance called Vibe and Thrive Allowance, which allows you to spend for what you need for you to be able to show up at work um, productively and have the resources that you need. So removing the prescriptions of where you can use this to. And what do they spend this on? Nako, iba-iba. Nakakatawa talaga itong makita. So bikes. So it's good because you see them become more healthy and have a more active um, physical lifestyle. So bikes. Some would be books related to their craft. So, kunyari, design books, even leadership books. Some naman, equipment. So, yung iba, ang kulang talaga is yung workplace nila sa bahay. So, you'll see them buy monitors, tablets, upuan, ergonomic chairs na pwede nilang magamit. Financial assistance is nice, of course. But there's also something to be said about the emotional support, the showing up for one another, that people who work with each other provide, especially in trying times. Back to Angelo, one of the Canva knots we heard from earlier. We generally hire good people, and that does translate into more empathy. And I think it's just been amplified because of not just the pandemic situation, but you know what's been happening in the Philippines. And people are a lot more um, open about talking about how they feel, how they are, and if they're in the right headspace to do things. I've seen a lot of uh, my teammates provide that kind of space uh, in, in our meetings, in our conversations to, to just check in how people are and if they are going through tough times. A lot of our teammates also are, are good in terms of making sure those people who are going through difficulties are supported. So they usually cover each other in our teams. And, and that's really nice to see. Yeah, I think generally the, the whole situation in the Philippines and the pandemic and all that really just amplified the goodness in our team. Aww. That's so nice. Yeah, I feel you, Carl. Group hug. So my takeaway from these conversations and the work we do all start with the basic step of listening. Just because something is not your personal experience 
it doesn't invalidate the experiences and needs of others. We spend a lot of our lives with the people we work with, and we should want their time at work to be as fun, safe, comfortable, and inclusive as we can. I'm the only cishet male voice in this episode. And if I had my way, I wouldn't have said a word. Goodness knows there are so many voices like mine talking over people. But I learned too that being a good ally and being a good dude who has unlearned a lot and learned to champion diversity is important. There need to be more of us allies at all levels. Yeah, thanks for that, Carl. And as for me, what I got is that DEI is so much richer than we might realize. And something we ought to think about, Pride Month or not. Because as we heard in this episode, ang dami niyang areas na kinocover and ang laki ng contribution niya sa feeling of belonging and acceptance within a company. And as we shared in our first episode, the lack of inclusion is one of the top five contributing factors to perceptions of a toxic workplace. And while we learned a lot from our guests today, at the heart of our coaching practice at Haraya is really the recognition that the person themselves will know the appropriate course of action for their specific situation. So it begins with us asking you, where are you now on your DEI awareness, alignment, and practices? What value and positive impact will DEI create for your workplace culture and the wider message you convey to your customers? And finally, what does achieving DEI actually look like for your company? What resources do you have or need to follow through with action? I'm Carl Javier. And I'm Jen Horn. Thank you for listening to The Imaginable Workplace. This podcast is brought to you by Haraya Coaching, a company rooted in wholeness that supports individuals and teams by creating safe spaces for transformation. Visit harayacoaching.com to know more. In partnership with Puma Podcast, an award-winning podcast production company that aims to spread the joy, power, and value there is in listening. This episode was produced by Trisha Aquino and edited by Mark Casillian. We're sure that if you enjoyed this podcast, then you know somebody else who would also want to improve their workplace. So please, share this with a friend. Together, let's create an imaginable workplace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.